down on the computer core on the <laughs> down in the computer core. <laughs> I think I said on or Yeah, in. well, you know, just crouching on it. Between. You know. Yeah. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate Gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. Hello. Oh no, your name says that I'm a red shirt. Why am I a red shirt? You're not a red shirt, <laughs> Oh, okay. I suppose. Someone's definitely a red shirt in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine what you're talking about. <laughs> Very, very true. Yeah. Yeah. How are you today? Okay. I went back to work today. How'd that go? It was fine. I took a lot of drugs and just kind of zoned out. Yeah. Fair. Not in a, like, I'm doing drugs and going to work kind of way, right. but in a, I'm still recovering from this cold way, just in case anyone missed that I was sick. <laughs> yes. Also, it has not actually been that long since our last recording. It's only been a couple days, True. not like the normal week or so that we go <laughs> between recordings. Kathy's yes. not, not dying that hard. No. <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> It was a pretty uneventful day, which was fine. I forgot to go to the pharmacy, but that's fine. That's what tomorrow will be for. Good times. Yeah. How are you doing? I am fine. I am tired. (laughs) Yeah. You've been doing a lot. I have. Why? Well, I've been working and then I'm going on vacation tomorrow. Woo! So that's super exciting. And... I feel like I had more I was going to say. I don't know. <laughs> and now I don't remember because yeah. I'm tired. Doing a lot of podcast work to make sure oh, yeah. your vacation yes. is clear. This is true. Yes. that's. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. We uh, we did edit two back-to-back episodes. Thank you again for your help with the extra recording and extra editing sure. so that we could be all set for while I'm away. Woohoo. Yeah. Where are you going? I am going on a cruise. Oh, nice. That's right. This is the one out of New York. Yeah, it is leaving out of New York, but we don't have to fly anywhere, which is nice. However, unfortunately, when we booked it, it was supposed to go to the Caribbean only. And then they changed the itinerary twice. And now we are unfortunately spending two days in Florida, which is a place I don't Uh. want to be spending any money because I do not want them receiving any of my money in the form of taxes or anything. So that's kind of annoying. So we'll be spending the entire two days that we're there. Sorry if any of you live in Florida. It's nothing personal against you. It's all about the government there. So we're going to just be staying on the boat. And yes, I know that our tax dollars are going there because like the boat is spending money to be there in port. But by the time that they changed the itinerary, it was too late for us to cancel and get a refund. Even if we had canceled and just been like, no, we're not going to go. Our tax money still would have been going to them anyway. So we're like, all right, well, we're going to cut our losses and still go, but we're not getting off the boat. Yeah. Well, you did what you could, and it's not your fault. So Right. Yeah. I very much disagree with a lot of things that they are doing down there, especially when it comes to LGBTQ rights and education and what they will and will not allow to be taught in schools. I obviously have opinions on teaching topics. So What? (laughs) I know, right? It's shocking. I'm so surprised to hear about that. Yeah, I especially have extra strong opinions on teaching that sex and gender are the same thing and that it is a strict binary because no to all that. But yeah, 
that's not a topic for this podcast. It is a topic I go to into in my A&P, though, and uh, I for sure would be fired if I worked in Florida. <laughs> they they should create an army of depressed cheaties to go down there, since they're not going to be teaching anything anyway. They might as well arbitrarily assign grades. Excellent. And then make some chili with peeps and yep. add some M&Ms. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Good times. Good times. <laughs> What else? I thought there was going to be something else I was going to say. I don't know. It's gone. Whatever it was. Meh. This is one of the last things I have to do, though, before um, I go. Oh, that's all I was going to say is I'm mostly done. Like, I'm all set for the week when I get back from vacation. Like, all of my work is done. All my grading is done. Everything that had to be done this week is done early, even though it's only Thursday. All my Friday work is already done. Hell yeah. And most of my work for the week after vacation is done, so I can come back to an easy week. It's been a super busy week. And um, oh, I also am excited to be able to rest my voice because I talk a lot. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> and my voice is feeling it and my eyes are for sure feeling all the screen time. So I'm excited to get a break from from both of those things. Yeah. 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 It'd be good times. Knew who else had a trip to the ocean this week? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? SG1. What? No way. (laughs) They sure did. I am hoping that unlike SG1, I will not end up under the water (laughs) in in a vessel of any sort because (laughs) our ship is supposed to float. Yes. I only want to be under the water when we go snorkeling, which is part of our plan. That is it. Woohoo. Yeah. So what are we talking about today in this very... (laughs) appropriately themed for last day before a cruise episode this is stargate sg1 season six episode three descent Ooh, yeah it starts with another recap would you like me to do a recap Kathy? i would love that all right rescue thor anubis is gonna put this big spiky ball in thor's brain to download his memories Maybe Anubis should have thought a little harder about his plans, since now Thor is able to project his voice to SG-1 and rewrite all the security subroutines. <laughs> everyone escapes. What? <laughs> a Jaffa tells Anubis that everyone escaped. What? <laughs> Thor loses his spiky ball passenger, but now he's in a coma. Possibly forever. Or until Michael Shanks decides to come back. <laughs> End recap. Very nice. Thank you. Well done. Thanks. Would you like to start or would you like me to start? Um, do you want to start? Sure. I don't know. I feel like you don't get to start as much because there's so many recaps now. That, that, this is true. Yeah, because <laughs> there have been so many and we generally alternate. Let me let me drink some water, though. I listened to a Theology's podcast for any of you that want more podcasts. Ology's podcast, great podcast. I listened to their episode on laryngology and I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely going to lose my voice <laughs> as I get older. She was talking about ways that you can like protect your voice as you're getting older. And I'm oh. like, yeah, I'm not doing any of those because I always talk too loud. I don't drink enough water. Uh, and yeah. Hang on. All right. That's a pleasant sound. I'm definitely not going to edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't I just do this then and annoy myself? I was going to say that doesn't bother me at all. No. So fine. Go for it. <laughs> Episode starts in outer space with a gold mothership around some random planet. And nope, that is the recap. Hang on. (laughs) The episode still starts in space. It does. But this time it is the cargo ship, not the 
good old mothership. And Jacob is in there, as is Sam. And I guess the rest of SG-1? Yeah, the rest of SG-1 is there. Sam's analysis was right. That the good old mothership that they have apparently discovered is exactly where she said it was and seems to be completely dead. No energy, nothing. But it's intact, not broken. They have no idea why it's there or where it came from. It is a little suspicious that a defunct mothership is just orbiting Earth because they are at Earth. So they're like, why the hell is this thing here? They creep up on it. They're trying to get some scans. They're not really finding much of anything. Meanwhile, they just keep showing Jonas looking out through the window. And he just looks so delighted at the fact that he's in space and just looking around and not at all concerned about the potential threat that they're in he just looks so happy and i thought it was yeah pretty great (laughs) i was very entertained by his facial expressions (laughs) just completely ignoring the danger and just being like wow (laughs) it's great (laughs) they talk about how the mothership is in a stable orbit there are no shields or weapons activated of any sort no energy signatures of any kind And so it would seem they're probably not going to attack Earth, hopefully. Jack finally asks Jonas what he's smiling at. And he's like, it's my first time in space. (laughs) (laughs) He's just amazed. And I really liked, actually, that Teal made a little smile here and agreed with Jonas that, you know what? It is pretty amazing to be out here. Yeah. (laughs) Jack, being the cynic, is like, until something goes horribly wrong. (laughs) (laughs) in the background we've got major davis and a guy named dr friesen who looked kind of familiar but i couldn't remember if we've actually seen him before or when i don't remember seeing him but i also like completely disregarded him as soon as i realized it was him and literally every character on this show on this ship and i was like he's gonna die Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, I don't even need to know his name. Speaking of the red shirt, spoiler alert, (laughs) that guy that we don't know is the one that dies. (laughs) They keep approaching the ship. They figure they're going to go ahead and try to board it. All the escape pods have been jettisoned and there's no life signs that they can find. So what have they got to lose? Spoiler alert, they've got the red shirt to lose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and then there was credits, and they had new headshots and action shots yes. in the credits. So it was like a fully new credit sequence. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. good. It looked yeah. like they kept some of the spinny gate parts, but they did. They had they... images too, so it didn't make mm-hmm. me freaking dizzy. So that was good. Yeah, they had some cuts in between of the gate, but then also showing scenes. And it was interesting because some of them were actually like scenes from previous seasons, but then there were scenes from what we haven't seen yet. So give us Ooh. an idea of what might be coming up later. Yeah. Yeah. After credits, they're still on the cargo ship talking about going on over there. Jacob suggests that he ring people over rather than fly into the cargo bay because this is still an unknown risk. Jack invites everyone there except for Teal'c and Jonas to go with him. (laughs) I was angry on Jonas's behalf. I know. Teal'c is going to stay behind to have somebody pilot the ship and talk to Hammond. Jonas, though, is like, but, but I want to go. And Jack's like, no. Why? I don't have to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a valid question, though. Yeah. Like, why bother to let him on the team if you're just going to make him sit on the bench the whole time? Yep. 
Well, obviously, we know that is because yeah. he didn't want a Russian person, and they actually even addressed that a little bit later on. Yeah. They ring everybody over. That was bad. Yep. yep. <laughs> In the mothership, they ring over. <laughs> In the random hallway that they find themselves in, there's a weird sound coming over the intercom system. It sounded like a voice to me, although they don't say that it's a voice until, like, way later. Yeah. But, yeah, it sounds like a garbled voice yeah. of some sort, kind of staticky. It's not possible to make out what it's actually saying, though. Meanwhile, on the cargo ship, Teal'c radios down to Hammond and says that the ship seems to have been abandoned. And Hammond is very relieved because <laughs> he says they'd all been holding their breath down there, not sure if the ship was about to attack. <laughs> Teal'c tells him that that, that is, is most unwise. <laughs> Hammond's like, yes, of course. (laughs) He was amused. I appreciated it. it. Yeah. (laughs) As did I. And then Tilk just gives him a further update that most of the people that were with them have gone over to check out what's going on over there to see if they can save anything. Walter was there with Hammond. His glasses were on his head. I just wanted to make note of that because I was like, I haven't seen that before. Walter, glasses up above his eyes and not on his eyes it's yeah. very important this transcript is the first time i noticed that later on they actually credit him as being walter but they still call him walter davis oh i don't know when he gets the new fancier name of harriman but who knows that is definitely who he's credited as later right? in the series <laughs> I don't know. so weird halfway through the series and they still don't have his actual <laughs> name established on the mothership they have made their way to the throne room the throne seems to be just covered in like a plastic drop cloth (laughs) i noticed that i thought it was weird but like a silver drop cloth (laughs) yeah and you can tell it's definitely just a drop cloth and not like hard plastic because when jack sits on it it moves right (laughs) it felt like they were trying to make it look futuristic by making it silver but yeah (laughs) i'm like did they just take some random dining room chair and put a silver cloth on it because they (laughs) We're kind of desperate in the props department. What's going on with this chair? (laughs) They have a million things they can just drape over the throne in their set of the the throne. Yeah. Of the hut. Just a different color fabric and texture of fabric, (laughs) depending on what ship we're on. Lord Yu's would be a red cloth. And yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Fun fact. Did you know that on the original series of Star Trek, the seats on the bridge were actually dining room chairs? I did not know that. Yeah. They were scrambling. I don't remember exactly the full story, but I was watching a documentary where they were talking about it and something went wrong with the chairs. Or No, I think actually what happened is they couldn't find ones that they liked that they were looking for. And then just somebody on the production team had those chairs like they had just gotten this dining room set. And then somebody saw them at this person's house and was like, yeah, those we need those. So (laughs) did they get their own set or did they take theirs? I'm pretty sure they took the person's (laughs) chairs. Yeah. I wish I could remember the full story better. It's been a while since I heard it. But I hope they yeah. were well compensated. Right? <laughs> anyway. Dining room chairs. Yeah. Clearly the best chairs for a bridge yeah. or a throne on a deck on a spaceship. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Jacob is alarmed because he can see from some panel that the self-destruct has been initiated. However, it's frozen. Yeah. So that's alarming, but also, whew, for the moment. Yes. Hopefully it doesn't randomly start back up. Yeah. 
He's confused because self-destruct sequences need to be stopped and then that erases the sequence, but this is just suspended. Jacob says they need to do a diagnostic on the computer core. Jack orders Sam and Major Davis to go deal with that. Jacob is concerned that Jack is seriously considering salvaging the ship. Well, no kidding. Jacob's like, uh, this is Anubis's ship. And Jack's like, all the better. Jacob's like, well, what about a Trojan horse like that other time? He doesn't say like that other time, but we all think about it. But yes, exactly. Yeah. He says, before you go slap a U.S. Air Force sticker on the side of the ship. <laughs> but Jack cuts him off and says, they're supposed to be acquiring this technology. How big would that sticker need to be <laughs> to like really make it visible? on this mothership on the side of it like a bumper sticker yeah i don't know i'm thinking more instead of a sticker like a vehicle wrap instead Mm, yeah so the whole thing is just coded in air force symbol logos yeah yeah that would be a lot yeah but amusing (laughs) (laughs) i told jeff that because we're leasing his car he has a prius prime and we're leasing it and i told him that if we end up buying out the lease at the end that we're gonna have to paint flames on it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is he into that oh, of course oh okay cool you've met him right. <laughs> he's like i know yes. like maybe he had a different idea i don't know <laughs> so if we buy nice. this thing at the end it's totally what's gonna happen it'll be great jacob says that if they were trying to destroy the ship and the self-destruct wasn't working they'd probably destroy the hopper hi- hopper drive the, <laughs> the hyper drive <laughs> I'm just picturing Hopper from Stranger Things. <laughs> and the Hopper drive is just like a big a big Hopper head <laughs> in the engine room. Sure. Yeah. Could be that too. Yeah. Have you even seen that show? You no. probably have no idea what I'm no, talking about. That's okay. <laughs> I'm just yeah. going to let you, you go with it because yeah. I'm for it. Yeah. Trust me. It'd be great. Mornings are for coffee and contemplation. Jeez, coffee your- and contemplation. Jack's going to take the red shirt to go look at the hyperdrive while Jacob does a systems <laughs> check up there. Jack, as they're parting, asks Jacob to find out what that garbled, fuzzy noise they keep hearing is. Jeff and I are rewatching the original series of Star Trek, and he's like, I think it's actually a misnomer that the red shirt always dies. I'm like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. I've been watching this literally my whole life since I was a little kid. It is for sure, with the exception of a couple of the first episodes, always a red shirt. (laughs) Always. I am sure someone has done an analysis somewhere on the internet and could tell for sure what percentage of shirt colors die when they go down (laughs) on the planet with Kirk and Spock. Yeah. Sam and Davis are wandering down the hall. They reach a door that they're not able to open, even though Sam had a code. Where did she even get the code? She types a code in. Yeah, I don't know know what the code was. (laughs) They all use one, two, three, four. Oh, yeah, that would explain it. Just Mm -hmm. like an idiot would have on his luggage. (laughs) One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, anyway. I love that movie. Me too. (laughs) I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. She radios to Jacob to see if he can open it for him. So he's going to work on it. They talk about the various things that are on the other side. That entire ship section has been shut off and the life support is shut down over there. They're not really sure why. (laughs) (laughs) They want to get past there because the shield generators are 
somewhere down that way, as well as the engine room. So Jacob keeps working at it. He is eventually successful. He opens the door and also, thankfully, gets the life support back online. (laughs) (laughs) It would have sucked if he just opened the door and they were, like, sucked in by the vacuum of (laughs) the space (laughs) and then died. He did not do that to them. No. (laughs) He tells Sam to be careful. She's like, yes, dad. (laughs) And they move on in. Elsewhere, Jack and the red shirt are walking along. I'm not using his name. (laughs) That's fair. I support this. The rando wants to go see the shield generators. But Jack's like, no, we got to go. They were going to go check on the hyperspace, hyperdrive. Oh, my God. The hyperspace. Anyway, (laughs) they walk along. Jack is not convinced by his argument that the shields were clearly superior and we should check them out. I also liked at this point, I noticed he's carrying a clipboard. Nobody (laughs) else is carrying a clipboard. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of weird. He's clearly going to die. Yeah. Then Jacob wishes them luck. In the room that Sam and Davis have just gone into, they realize that some chaos has happened. It's pretty shot up there are like fused circuits and stuff around jacob on the radio says he thinks that it was a deliberate overload of some sort they make it to another door and this one jacob is not able to open up and i was like why don't they just cut through it they love cutting through doors (laughs) (laughs) but for reasons it's not as simple as that sam radios to jack to ask if he's been monitoring the situation, and he has. So he's going to go and just blow up the door (laughs) instead, because I guess they don't have their cutting tools. He leaves Friesen, the red shirt, the no-name guy, if you'd prefer, behind while he goes to help them out, and he says he'll be right back. Always a good idea, good thing to say to people. Yeah, never split up the party, but, I mean, I guess they're technically already split up. But now they're splitting it up even more, and that's just bad. Reason's also not just going to stay there. Obviously. That idiot's going to go try to check out the shields. Yeah, because when Jack said no, he was not pleased that he couldn't go look at the shields. I need these military types telling me what to do. I'm a scientist. I've got a clipboard. (laughs) I was going to say I always feel more important when I have a clipboard, but I don't ever actually have a clipboard ever. Although when I was a personal trainer, I always had a clipboard. Yeah, I used to use a clipboard a lot at work, but I don't anymore because I don't spend a lot of time... In the book stacks, like, doing things, and there's yeah. no need for a clipboard, really. Fair. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Because yeah. I only need that when I need a mobile writing space. And Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now anyway. I just bring my laptop everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Jack arrives at the door, and they blow it up. I appreciated the giant explosion, but I'm pretty sure that C4 is not that fireballish. <laughs> That's a word. Also, Sam and Davis covered their ears. Jack did not. Yeah. So that's great. Good job, Jack. So Davis is like, that was loud. And Jack's like, what? (laughs) I didn't even notice that, but that's pretty great. I was more paying attention to the giant fireball. (laughs) I was like, wait. Totally fair. I was like, is Jack not going to cover his ears? What is he doing? (laughs) And then he didn't. And then they pointed it out. So I enjoyed that. That is excellent. Yeah. Yeah. They get inside and it looks cool in there. Major Davis is very excited about this computer core. 
Jack goes over and says something else is fantastic in the room. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, we don't find out yet no. because now we're back with the red shirt, the obvious red shirt. Who is talking to himself. He goes down to the shield generators. And then he hears some footsteps. He stops talking to himself and asks hello. And then all of a sudden there are some surprise Patriots fans there. That's the worst kind of surprise. (laughs) One of them has a sword instead of a staff weapon for reasons. Yeah. Yeah. The other two have staff weapons. It doesn't seem like it's probably going to end very well. (laughs) No. But that's where they cut the scene. (laughs) Pretty sure he wasn't armed except for his clipboard. And that's probably not going to do a whole lot to help him. No, no. He probably had a number two pencil too. Maybe he could like stab somebody with it if he didn't break the tip. But maybe the tip is broken. I like the mechanical pencils. That's my preferred Mm. pencil. Maybe he had a mechanical pencil. I like the feel of a regular number two pencil. I just That's fair. Yeah. I don't like having to sharpen them. That's too much work. That's fair. Yeah. I enjoy an electric pencil sharpener. Yeah. <laughs> I had a student earlier this semester fill out their Scantron sheet with a blue pen, and <gasps> I was very angry. Uh, <laughs> I was tempted to just fail them, but no, I was nice. <laughs> I did grade it. It was very challenging to grade it, I must say. Having to manually grade one of those is not easy, and I was mad, yeah. and- I glared at them (laughs) when I handed them back. I was like, don't do this again. (laughs) I will fail you. (laughs) Yeah, right? Do you remember David Reese from our first Nerd Boat? No. He He was one of the guests on there. And afterwards, I had looked him up. And he actually wrote a book called How to Sharpen Pencils, which is, in fact, about the art of pencil sharpening. Oh, I do remember that guy. Not because of his name, but because of the book. So which I find delightful. Yeah, I didn't go see him, but I remember yeah. you guys coming and telling me about it after you had gone to see him. His entire chapter on mechanical pencils is one sentence. I believe it said mechanical pencils are bullshit. So <laughs> just in case you're wondering about this random guy's take. That's well, I love them and I have a million of them around the house. But now Fair. actually, in hindsight, I feel bad because they're plastic and plastic sucks so i should stop using them well you've already got them so i know i'm not gonna just throw out the ones i have but i will probably try to be a convert to plain old wooden ones after this i'm gonna exclusively write in the renewable resource that is my blood (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna get really messy at work (laughs) probably i think your coworkers will probably have some things to say about that (laughs) I'll just be like, it's red pen. What? (laughs) So I have questions. This is just going to be a tangent full episode. And I'm not even drinking today. I just have water here. (laughs) But I have questions. So are you going to pierce your finger and then like use your finger as the writing implement and try to get the blood out of your finger as you go? Or are you going to collect your blood in advance into like a little inkwell and then use an ink pen to write with? I think... Ideally, as a planner, I would want to go inkwell, but given how poorly I plan, Mm. it's probably going to be a lot of pricking my finger and smearing it against things. Yeah. Also, getting enough blood to to fill an inkwell is, I mean, that would be challenging and dangerous to accidentally go overboard. (laughs) Like, all right, my inkwell's full. 
But yeah. shit, I'm still bleeding. Maybe <laughs> I could what? ask the Red Cross instead of oh, me yeah. donating the blood if they could just let me keep just mine. Let you have it back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's reasonable. I'm sure they'd have no issue with that. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally normal request. <laughs> Stargate, huh? <laughs> yeah, Stargate. Okay, Teal'c and Jonas Quinn are on a cargo ship. Yes. <laughs> Jonas is sad because he's been left behind. He's sulking a little bit. But he's got a banana in his pocket. So how unhappy can you really be it's when you true. have a banana in your pocket? Tilk's <laughs> <laughs> basically like, relax. It's going to take some time for Jack to warm up to you a little bit. Jonas is like, oh, is that what it was like for you? Tilk's like, no, it was not. Tilk says here that this is Jonas's first mission, though. So where the hell were they going at the end of the last episode? That's a good question. <laughs> Did they have to ring over to the cargo? Or gate to over to over the cargo to... ship? That makes no sense. No. They have a cargo ship. So I, I maybe was, yeah. they maybe Jacob contacted them. So they had to go see him and meet maybe. him somewhere. Yeah. Maybe they were going to the alpha site just to show him what it would look like. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Jonas is like, well, I heard that I was only assigned to this team because Colonel O'Neill didn't want a Russian. Tilk calls these rumors meaningless, although they're true. He doesn't say they're true. I'm saying it's true. They are for sure true. But he's still trying to get Jonas to see that one day he'll prove himself. And Jonas says, thanks for this. Those of us not originally from Earth, we got to stick together. And Tilk... And completely serious, not joking at all, and it turns to him and is like, are you suggesting, suggesting an alien, alien conspiracy? conspiracy? <laughs> Jonas thinks he's joking, but he's not. So he's, he's totally like, not. nope, nope, no conspiracy. It's all good. Don't hurt me. <laughs> it was a great scene. It was a really good scene. Yeah. It was very funny. <laughs> it really was. In the computer core area... Sam and Jack and Davis are all still there looking around. They managed to get into the computer logs and confirm that it is the same ship that Thor was aboard before, as Sam had suspected earlier it was Anubis's ship. Sam says that explains a lot, because if Thor's brain was directly linked to the computer, then Anubis underestimated the power of the Asgard mind and it must be that this ship came here because Thor programmed it to come here instead of Anubis sending it here. Such an enormous leap in logic. I can't even. Oh, you are, you're channeling a little Rodney McKay right now. Have some faith. Well, I am very sexist, so yes. <laughs> you know me. You also get turned on by hospital gowns. Ab- oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it was a complex virus of some sort that Thor wrote that caused Anubis and everyone else to abandon ship. And then once they were gone, the ship, as I said, made its way over to Earth. After they go back and forth a little bit about this, Sam's like, I know it sounds weird, but it's the most reasonable explanation. I was like, is it? <laughs> is it really? I don't think I agree. It's okay. Major Davis is there to be slightly skeptical. Yes, he does tell her that it was wishful thinking. <laughs> Sam says, give me a different explanation then if you don't think that's the case. But 
Davis doesn't really have one. He does just confirm, though, that he is very skeptical of everything that she just said. Sam starts looking around and says there's got to be a way to disable the self-destruct thing that is paused. Otherwise, Thor wouldn't have sent the ship there. (laughs) Which, again, okay, Sam. Meanwhile, Jack tries to radio down to the red shirt, who, not surprisingly, does not answer. They ask Jacob if Jacob has seen him or knows what happened to him. Jacob says, nope. So Jack tells Sam and Davis to stay there and keep sciencing, and he's going to go and take a look. He's pretty sure he knows where he went. Sam and Davis continue to stare at the computer core. They hear that voice, whatever, again, coming out. Davis says it sounds like distorted words so they're going to look into that jack goes to find the shield generators and instead finds Friesen. shockingly dead holy hannah yep he radios to sam and tells her and davis to get back to the peltac so they're all gonna get together he lets her know that Friesen is dead, whoever that is. <laughs> so they head that way. Yeah. Jack radios to Jacob, but before Jacob answers, he is knocked out by the Patriots fans. <laughs> no one expects the surprise Patriots fans. <laughs> one wants them (laughs) (laughs) also true (laughs) so true (laughs) so now they're trying to figure out what happened to jacob because jack is trying to call jacob and of course jacob is not answering because he is not conscious he meets up with sam and davis in one of the random halls they continue on back to the peltac where they find Jacob unconscious on the ground. Good thing that they didn't kill him the same way that they killed the red shirt, but they didn't because he's not a main character, but a recurring important character. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, they've killed off recurring characters before, but, True, but not Jacob. Yeah. yeah. Davis says that they have another problem going on. They are decelerating, and that means that they are coming out of orbit, <laughs> and they're going to crash into Earth. Uh-oh. So that seems pretty bad. <laughs> Teal'c out on the cargo ship radios to them and tells Jack, you are approaching Earth's atmosphere. <laughs> Jack's like, uh, yes, we have noticed that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> he asks Teal'c to ring them out of there. Jonas and Teal'c go down to the ring room. <laughs> and then yet again, surprise Patriots fans. <laughs> Just show up in the rings. <laughs> yeah. I was a little confused with this scene. Did the Patriots fans just randomly ring themselves into the cargo ship? Or did Jonas send the rings down and the Patriots fans took them up? I think they ringed themselves over and Jonas was standing there shocked and disappointed because he was finally going to get to do something. (laughs) (laughs) Which almost gets him killed until Tilk pulls him out of the way. (laughs) Yeah. 
It was confusing because Jonas got there, opened the door, and activated the rings. So, of course, he and I assumed that it was going to be the rest of SG-1 coming back up. But no, that's not what happened. No. (laughs) There's nothing they can do about the mothership hurtling toward Earth. (laughs) Sam says that it is going to impact between 500 and 1,000 miles west-southwest of Alaska. Davis says this could cause a tidal wave. Do you want a nerdy science tangent? Yes, I do. A pedantic science tangent? Pedant me, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I'll pedant you anytime. (laughs) Yes. This is an improper use of the word tidal wave. He was referring to a tsunami, which is Uh, a big wave generally caused by seismic activity, but like a big crash of something from space would also be able to cause it. But a tidal wave specifically refers to the waves that happen as a result of the tides and the moon and the sun and the earth's gravitational interactions. So although a lot of people actually make the same mistake calling a huge wave a tidal wave, tidal waves are actually pretty small and not the same thing as a tsunami, which is the big, giant, dangerous kind of wave that wipes out entire cities. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. I did double check with the USGS just to make sure I had that right, and they confirmed that I was correct with my definitions there. Huzzah! Cite my sources. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. When I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Jacob has them raise the shields and set their inertial... Inertial. Inertial. dampening. Dampeningers. Dampeningers. Inertial dampeningers. Good episode title. Yes. <laughs> he set their inertial dampening to maximum so that at least when they crash in and cause a massive wave that kills other people, they'll survive. <laughs> well, as long as they're yeah. fine, that's what matters. <laughs> Sam's like, okay, that's done. And she lets Tilk know they are on their way to the ring room. But Jack then stops them Mm -hmm. to radio to Tilk. Tilk gives the bad news that the Patriots fans have destroyed the rings. That sucks. Yep. Stupid Patriots fans. Yep. Yeah. So So the team is stuck on the ship. It is good, then, that they set the shields and inertial dampeners so that they will, in fact, survive. Yes. Quite. (laughs) They don't have time to dock the ship to get people off, so yeah, they're going down. Uh... Yeah. It just makes me think of the scene, because Jack said, I guess we're going in, makes me think of the scene in Twister (laughs) when they're driving into the house. (laughs) I love that movie. Just watched it recently. I haven't watched that in a long time, but it's a good movie. I like that movie. In the SGC, Hammond is briefing people. Oh, I was going to say, who the hell is there? No (laughs) one's there for him to talk to. Jonas and Teal. I forgot they were in the other ship. So they made their way back to the SGC. And that's who Hammond is talking to. He says that the official line is that there was a meteor that crashed to Earth. Not a spaceship. Totally not a spaceship. (laughs) They're just waiting because they figure it's just a matter of time before they start hearing from the Chinese government and the Russians asking for answers. That is when Jonas and Tilk come in. So I don't actually know who he was talking to before (laughs) that, but he was talking to someone, I'm sure. 
Maybe, Maybe it was just Bestie? him and Walter. Yeah, oh, you know what? He might have been. Oh, yeah. Was he on the phone? Maybe he was on the phone. Why, well, why would he be telling the president the official line? That's a good question. But he is on the phone. So I don't know. It does actually. Now that I see, I missed it. It says that he's on the phone. Anyway, Hammond tells Tilk and Jonas that they have found the mothership and that it does seem to still be intact, thankfully. So hopefully SG three quarters plus Davis are still alive. They have a deep submergence rescue vehicle en route from Pearl Harbor, and they're going to go and try to mount a rescue mission, which, of course, Jonas and Teal want to participate in. And Hammond definitely is not opposed to that. He gives them the go ahead and says there's a plane waiting and they're going to head out. Woohoo! Yeah. Next, they are in the car driving to the plane. And I wanted to know who was driving (laughs) (laughs) because you've got two aliens from other planets based on the light and the shadows being cast by the windshield wipers it seemed like they were in the front seat the transcript says that Tilk was driving but that's not how cars work in america so it would mean that jonas was driving (laughs) when did he learn how to drive a car or did they just happen to have the exact same type of cars on his home planet (laughs) that we have here or because he had nothing else to be doing in the several months that he was on the base did he just learn to drive a car maybe did he get his driver's license (laughs) how did he get his driver's license when he moved into daniel's apartment he took his social security (laughs) number and his id fair so officially he's daniel jackson i didn't know he was also living in daniel's apartment i like this though he cleared it out and then he just needed a place to live too yeah that makes sense did he even bother to clear it out then Mm. is he still wearing all of daniel's clothes and Sleeping in Daniel's bed, using his furniture, Maybe. reading his books still. <laughs> He's thinking about getting some fish. <laughs> I was going to say, is he taking care of his fish? But I think last time we saw him, there wasn't any fish yeah. there. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Teal'c and Jonas are having another conversation where Jonas is like, I really wish I were in the action. Can't believe I'm not with them. Teal'c says his presence would have made little difference because it was an ambush. Jonas, though, gets to his issue, which is that he is concerned that he cannot act under pressure. Like, Tilk just had to save his life. Daniel had to save his life. He should have been the one to save his planet, but it was Daniel. Tilk's like, well, what about a little while ago when you literally saved the whole planet with your ideas? And he's like, yeah. that's my brain. That's not anything. <laughs> Okay. I think Tilk's got a point, though, Jonas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tilk, though, says there are more opportunities, many battles left to be fought for Jonas to prove himself in that way. Oh, Jonas. In the mothership, Jack, Jacob, everybody is hanging out of the Peltac. Just chilling with the plastic-wrapped throne. Yeah. yeah. Jacob has a bunch of burns and also a broken collarbone, but Selmak's working on it, so it's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. At least he's not dead like the red shirt guy. Yep. Yeah. Jack says, for guys with no life signs, those Jaffa did a bit of damage. Jacob figures that they must have been in the part of the ship that was sealed off, and so when he opened it, he let them out and says that if they were in a deep enough state of Kelnarine, that's how they could have survived without the life support systems on. And that also would have kept him from being able to detect their heartbeat. 
Sure, that's convenient. Yeah. Yeah. But they're pretty sure that there aren't any other ones around for convenience. Sam has life support working. It is at 50% currently. I guess she doesn't want it to drain too quickly. She says that it's not going to be very comfortable, but they won't freeze to death right away. (laughs) There's no chance of fixing the engines. And they did sustain some structural damage down on the lower levels when they crashed. So that's probably not so great. And most likely because of that damage and now the extreme pressure on the hull, it's probably going to start leaking in a little bit. Jack isn't too worried yet, though. He says help's going to be on the way. (laughs) Sam's like, but there's also the self-destruct thing, too. Jack is surprised to hear that they haven't turned that off yet, but... Sam doesn't think that they should even try because she's concerned that they would just start it up and not be able to turn it off. If they tried to do anything to it, they might just unfreeze it and then blow up. The reason that they didn't even try to shut off the self-destruct thing is because it's behind that other door that they weren't able to break through, which Sam, who's still harping on the Thor made a virus with his mind thing says that he must have locked off that section of the ship and then programmed the virus to defend itself. And MacGuffin reasons that's why, (laughs) basically, the self-destruct is still on and there's still a door that they cannot get through. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In the SGC, in the briefing room, Walter's reporting that they're water vehicle is in the water that's that (laughs) (laughs) it's a very exciting scene sam and jack are wandering through the mothership i think going back to the computer core right yeah yeah polter's entire job really is to just live narrate everything that's happening isn't it yeah (laughs) kind (laughs) of Look, I have one job. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it, okay? All right, continue. (laughs) Sam and Jack hear that noise again. Sam confirms that, like Davis said, it's coming through the intercom. And she says, maybe the virus is trying to talk to us. (laughs) They get to a door, and there is water coming in from under the door. That's probably bad. Not good, yeah. Sam radios Jacob to let him know they've got water. Jacob gets up to do some reading of things on the ship. And he says that there is a hull breach on the engineering level. Sam's like, we're not anywhere near engineering. Does she not know how water works? I don't know. You see, Sam, water will take the shape of its vessel. Yeah. Jacob then specifies that the seawater penetrated into the central access shaft and it's pushing up through the core of the ship now, flooding from the inside. Uh oh. I'm pretty sure it's still flooding from the outside, technically. (laughs) Yeah. And then for reasons, the door behind Jack and Sam closes. (laughs) They're trapped. Yes, they are. And the water's coming in. Yes. Yes, it is. And it's chilly water. Yes. And Jack complains about his shrinkage. <laughs> Jacob is working on trying to open the door to get them out. Sam is trying to work on it from her end, but not having any luck. Jacob isn't having any luck either. So Davis is going to go down there and try to see if he can do anything from the other side of the door. 
Jacob is skeptical that that's going to work, but he's going to go give it a try anyway. They go back and forth for quite a while, in fact, with everyone just trying to figure out how to open the doors. Yeah. And the water's filling fast. Though it is. Yeah. Sam says that they, she thinks that they have a few more minutes, but at this rate, I'm like, a minute? Maybe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was filling very fast. Meanwhile, though, help is on the way. The vehicle carrying Jonas and Teal'c is docking. And so things are looking a little bit promising there. Water's still higher, almost up to their necks at this point, I think. Yeah. Jack's like, next time, let's crash in the tropics. Sam corrects him that the water's going to be cold no matter <laughs> what at that depth. And so he's like, well, shallower water. Or maybe not crash at all, so we could keep a ship for more than a couple hours. <laughs> Fair. Up in the throne room, whatever, Davis suggests blowing the door, but... Jacob says that the concussion of the explosion would kill them. Davis is like, they're going to die anyway. Did you notice the very bizarre framing in this shot? No. I know that this was filmed with like four by three aspect ratio in mind and that that required actors to stand way closer to each other yeah. back in the day. But Davis had his chin literally on Jacob's shoulder as he was <laughs> delivering his lines in this scene. It was so weird. <laughs> I did not notice that. That's hilarious. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> I actually even put in my notes, is this the four by three aspect ratio or is Davis just a really close talker? <laughs> <laughs> Davis is like, what you doing? <laughs> yeah, it was so bizarre. <laughs> Davis is like, we have to do something. And Jacob's like, I'm fucking trying, asshole. He's like, get out of my ear. I know. <laughs> You're yelling right at it. And suddenly, Sam and Jack are completely submerged. Not suddenly. It obviously was happening incrementally, yeah. but we see it suddenly. Jacob's like, I can't open this door. This really sucks. He's really upset. He's yeah. saying he's sorry to Sam. Yeah. Sam and Jack are still like pounding and trying to figure out how to get out there. He looked so crushed. It was I know. It was rough. But then suddenly the door opened. So everyone's yeah. saved. Everyone's fine. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. Because the security protocol was erased. Magically. Somehow. By that magic Thor virus. Yeah, by the magical Thor virus. The water drains out of the room. Jacob tries calling to Sam and Jack, but instead of getting an answer from them, he gets an answer from Teal'c, who says that they are on board the ship. Jacob tells them that Jack and Sam are in trouble on the computer level, and that is where Jonas and Teal'c are going to go. They head straight there. Sam radios to Jacob to let him know that they're okay and still alive. Davis just screams, yes! <laughs> Again, right in Jacob's ear, because he's still talking on Jacob's shoulder. Good thing he has his little hagfish to fix his hearing damage for him right? after this scene. They talk about the fact that the security protocol just erased itself and that's how their lives were saved. Sam is not sure how that's possible. No one else is sure how that's possible either. Jack doesn't care how that's possible. <laughs> and so they get out of there. They run into Tilk and Jonas on their way out and learn about the rescue submarine that is now conveniently docked in one of the torpedo bays but they can't leave yet sam says because she needs to know what else is going on here despite jack's insistence 
that no we we really can though let's just go (laughs) but no (laughs) nope in the briefing room walter (laughs) informs hammond that sg1's okay but dr friesen's dead and Hammond just stares blankly like I don't know who the fuck that is I know he doesn't react at all I thought it was hilarious instead he asks if SG-1's off the ship doesn't even say anything about Friesen being dead he just asks SG-1 off the ship Yep. well alright then that's all that matters except they're not off the ship Walter tells him they're staying aboard for reasons yeah Which is exactly what everyone's like. Okay, yes, reasons. Yep. Reasons. They're still working on trying to figure out what this voice is. Davis has a computer and is working on that. They're still working on this theory that this is an intelligent computer virus left by Thor that probably Anubis tried to shut off and maybe that's why it's garbled now. Did you notice how great Sam's hair looked? I didn't. In this scene? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was... Just wet, but it was like slicked back in a way that would look very stylish nowadays. I thought it looked great, but also then I was annoyed to realize that her makeup was still completely perfect, even after being (laughs) fully submerged in water. So I was like, oh, great hair. Oh, but the fact that you have perfect makeup on is just annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly Davis is able to uh, clear up the message and we hear Thor saying again, I am using the internal communication system to synthesize my voice. They recognize this is literally the same thing that Thor had said to Jack. Sam's like, maybe it's not a virus at all. Maybe it's actually Thor's consciousness downloaded into the computer core. Again, this would be like kind of eye really if Sam hadn't had her own consciousness downloaded right. into a computer and been able to take control of things on the SGC. So, yes. so this is completely plausible within the context yeah. of the show (laughs) yes apparently so yeah so they think that maybe because thor is in there they'll be able to get him out and bring him on some hard drive or something to the asgard and they can put his mind back in an asgard body yeah so that's what they do (laughs) that's what they do they go down to the computer core sam manages to know immediately which is the exact right giant panel to remove <laughs> that contains Thor's brain on, or Thor's consciousness on it. Jack asks if she managed to get him all out of there because he's a smart guy, you know, and he had a good point because data is often saved in fragments in multiple mm-hmm. places on a hard drive. So it's entirely possible that by just removing a random section, she might not have gotten them all. But, you know, we're going to just forget about all of that. And just assume that, yes, she knew exactly which one was the right one. And that, yes, it is all there. Everything is fine. Except for... Except for the fact that the self-destruct has been reactivated. (laughs) Whoops. Oopsies. (laughs) So they gotta go. On their way back, though, to the submarine, they find a door that is closed that should not be closed. Which must mean that the corridor on the other side has been flooded. Oopsies. Blocking their exit... And all of the other passageways around them are also flooded, Jacob tells them. So they have no other way around. That sucks for them. (laughs) Jacob's going to head to the Peltac to see if he can figure something else out. But Jack gives him an order to get on the sub, which Jacob 
does because he takes orders from Jack now. Sure, everyone else does. I guess. Why not yeah. Jacob? I mean, yeah. he's a general. He's obviously yeah. got to take orders from Colonial. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jacob makes his way back to the sub. Jack has no ideas. Sam says there's another way off the level, which is the glider bays. Teal chimes in. And they're not sure if that's going to work, but that's all they've got. So they head off towards the glider bays. Meanwhile, Jacob, Jonas, and Davis, are they back on the submarine or whatever? Or they're headed there? I don't know. Um, No, this says they're in the embarkation room. Oh, okay. Jonas tells them that the self-destruct is activated, tells a random seaman. (laughs) Yes. And that they need to get this vehicle far, far away. Jacob radios to Jack to ask about their status. Jack's like, we're going to take some gliders. It's going to be great. Jacob's like, those don't work underwater. Sam's like, we literally have no other choice. So he's like, okay. (laughs) But before they should go in there, they're going to have to activate the force field for the compartment in order to stop the bay from flooding because otherwise it'd be useless for them to go in there. Yes, because they wouldn't make it to the death gliders (laughs) before drowning. (laughs) Which would also be drowned too, the gliders. Yeah. Yeah. Sam gets to work trying to get the force field up. Jack gives Jacob another order to keep the sub at a minimum safe distance. (laughs) Jacob will take that order. Jonas, meanwhile, says that there's an auxiliary panel on the deck that they are currently on, and he thinks that he can reroute the power from there down to the glider bay to help Sam out with her attempts to get the shields back in place so that they can go then to the gliders. Jacob wants to know how he knew that, and Jonas is like, you know, I memorized the schematics, (laughs) duh. (laughs) He's a very quick study, you see. (laughs) Jacob goes on his way to the sub, and Jonas calls after him to not wait for him that's that scene (laughs) (laughs) sam is still working jack is there telling her no pressure but actually pressure (laughs) tilk is there to be like actually we don't have any time (laughs) jacob radios to jack and jack's like get out of here But Jacob's there to be like, I am, but we wanted to tell you that Jonas has gone rogue and he's going to try to help Sam from a different panel. And good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Jonas is running around in the hallways and gets to a door where he, of course, knows the code to type in Mm -hmm. to open the doorway. One, two, three, four, Then he's like taking his clothes off as he goes. Not all his clothes, just yeah. the heavy things that would weigh him down because there is some flooding in the area that he needs to go to. So to get to the panel that he needs to get to to reroute the power, he's got to go for a little swim. Likely a very chilly swim. Yeah. Yeah. We get a quick view of the sub leaving the mothership. So we know that at the very least, Jacob is okay. <laughs> and the random seaman, I guess, who was piloting that. In the glider bay... Sam is still trying to get the force field to work. Oh, and a gold voice comes down over the intercom, counting down. Tilk says they have seven minutes until the self-destruct. That doesn't seem very promising. (laughs) Sam says things aren't really looking so good because she can't do the rerouting that she needs to do from where she is. But thankfully, elsewhere. (laughs) 
Jonas is really good at holding his breath for a very long yes. time. Yes. And he's making some really good progress with swimming to where he needs to go, moving around a bunch of isolinear chips, pushing buttons, lighting lights, swimming around some more, holding his breath still for a super long time. Then the force fields suddenly come online, and Sam's like, they just came online. (laughs) She's confused how that happened. And Tilk reminds them, remember Jonas? Remember how he was going to go help, as your dad told us? Yeah. That was probably Jonas. Long scenes of people swimming underwater freak me out. Agree. I feel like I can't breathe while I'm watching it. Yeah. Ooh. Seeing as I love scuba diving, you wouldn't think that I would have that much of an issue with it, but I do. It does freak me out. And drowning is like one of my biggest paranoid fears. So. It doesn't help when you bring your friend along and they try to kill you. This is true. Kathy did go scuba diving with me once in a place that you didn't have to actually get certified. I was certified at the time, and she kicked my respirator out of my mouth. <laughs> it's fine. I obviously did not drown. That time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Do you know something about my future that I don't? No, it's just a warning. Maybe don't ever do that with me again. I don't oh, know. Fair. Not that we do that often at all, ever. Anyway. Right. Anyway, Jonas is still swimming around underwater, and he finds some rings to ring himself out from underwater into a section of the ship that is not underwater. I really liked that it sent an entire cylinder of water with him, too. As it was ringing up around him, I was like, I really hope, I don't know why, but I really wanted it to take all the water with him, and it did. It was good, yeah. I would have been disappointed if it was just Jonas. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Sam opens the glider bay doors with her secret code, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> they are going in and they're going to close the door when Jonas comes running up behind them like, wait for me. Don't let me die. <laughs> Were they just going to leave him there? They know. knew that Jacob had already left and they knew that Jonas must still be around helping them. It really seemed like they were just going to leave without him. They might have. But... They don't. He goes with them. They're about to see if their plan works. They run in, hop into some gliders. Teal and Sam get in one, I think, and Jack and mm-hmm. Jonas in the other. Jack says, if we don't survive this, thanks. Jonas says, you're welcome. So if they do survive it, does that mean he doesn't get a thanks? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. And they're going to try to take off from here. They open the bay doors. The force field stays in place, so they're able to through the bay doors. That's a word. Yep, totally. <laughs> We're coming up with lots of new words in this episode. Yes. Yeah. And they uh, they take off through the ocean and out. They do. And the death gliders do not implode from all the pressure. So that's whoa good. Indeed. Yeah. They are able to radio to Jacob to let him know that they are okay. And Jacob radios back that they are also okay. Everyone's okay. Yeah. It would have been super funny, though, if a homing mechanism suddenly kicked in on the death gliders. (laughs) (laughs) And then they just ended up leaving the ocean and getting sucked back out into space (laughs) to get pulled towards wherever. That's all I could could think when this was ending. (laughs) It was just 
how funny that would have been. At least they have a cargo ship this time. Yes, true. (laughs) Yeah, very true. In Jack and Jonas's death glider, Jack asks why Jonas is smiling, and it's his first time in a death glider. (laughs) Jack's like, oh, all right then. Starts doing some barrel rolls, and now all of a sudden, Jonas is no longer smiling anymore. (laughs) End of episode. Kathy, did you like the episode? I did like this episode. (laughs) Even with the obvious, like, we're going to kill this rando off thing. That I mean, that really struck me, but it was an entertaining episode. I liked them trying to, like, puzzle out how to get out of the situation they're in. I really enjoyed the interactions between Jonas and Teal'c, particularly. But also Jonas and Jack are pretty good and... I like that Jonas got his moment to shine. Yeah. So it was just an overall entertaining episode, and then there was a little bit of team building in there, too. I think there was, yeah. How about you? Uh, Yeah, I liked this episode a lot. This is one that I've actually liked. I haven't hated all of the recent ones, but there have been many that I haven't liked, a bunch that were mediocre, and some that I was like, yeah, that was pretty good. This one is the one that I've enjoyed the most in quite a while i feel like because it was exciting it was very funny it was a really interesting episode i thought all of the characters were being likable and there was good banter and rapport between all of the different characters so i thought it was a very enjoyable episode and it was feeling more like regular stargate instead of the slog that (laughs) i feel like we were making our way through with much of season five so What's about to ask? Yes, I was about to ask again. What's next? And then I remembered. What's next? Uh, episode four of season six, Frozen. Let it go. <laughs> Indeed, let it go. A frozen female alien that might pre- oh might predate <laughs> might predate human evolution. That makes no <laughs> sense. Might predate human evolution by fifty million years is discovered in Antarctica. She might, in fact, be part of the race that invented the Stargate. After SG-1 manages to thaw her back to life, they discover she may be the source of a deadly virus. Whoops. Uh-oh. Yeah. Shall I read IMDb? Yes, let's do it. Are these interesting enough to keep going with? <laughs> let's see. I meant to open the IMDb page, and then I didn't. Let me get back over there. The screenshot for the episode shows a scene that is very reminiscent of the X-Files first movie (laughs) with the big yellow bobcat type thing driving around in Mm. Antarctica. Anyway, expand. No. (laughs) I only want to contract. I will be doing plenty of expanding next week when I am just (laughs) drinking and eating all week. The SG-1 team travels to the Antarctic Science Station when the scientists there discover an ancient body in the ice. The age of the ice core samples indicate the body predates mankind. As they thaw the body, it comes to life. It's a young woman they call Ayana? A-Y-I-A-N-A. I don't know. As Ayana gains strength, those around her all fall ill, contracting an unknown virus that they believe she carried. The new arrival also shows healing powers and can seemingly cure any illness just by touch. Well, that's super convenient that (laughs) she can then cure the virus she's spreading. Okay. Nothing to worry about. Uh, I guess there's no point to doing the next episode then. (laughs) 
anyway, then doing so, though, weakens her to the point of death. So I guess that's bad. In the end, only Colonel O'Neill remains untreated and SGC seeks the help of the Tok'ra, who offer an unexpected solution. According to Gary KMCD, which was just the first random IMDb summary here. There are several others. That's the only one I'm What? What? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Oh. Sorry. I was just looking at our website, and I need to take the Twitter box off of the website. (laughs) It's like nothing to see here. Yeah, we should probably do that. Um. Oh. Anything else? <laughs> you don't have to ask me that. I just randomly did. I know, to, but uh, you do. Okay. So now I do. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I want to go drink some beer and get my vacation started. So do no. It, do it, do Let's it. wrap this up. Vacation. Yes. Although yeah. I have to finish packing first. Then I'll go drink some beer. Yeah. Actually, probably I'll drink some While beer and then packing. Pack. Yes. Yeah. Well, I have no beer here, so we got to go uh. out to get it. Um. Okay. My packing's almost done. Excellent. Not quite, but almost. Yay. I should pack some gummy bears to put in my wine. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, okay. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Let's get Mary on her vacation. Woo! While she's on vacation, if you would like to uh, subscribe and like our podcast and review it, we would very much appreciate it. Except I'll be back from my vacation by the time anyone hears this. Yeah, so what? <laughs> It'll be a nice, pleasant surprise that she already knows about by the time this comes out. Yay! <laughs> If you would like to help support the show, you can do so by visiting us at patreon.com slash stargatesing. You can follow us on Instagram, which is at stargatesing. We're on Mastodon at stargatesing something masto world something stargate.net. <laughs> sure, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Feel free to reach out to us. You can do so through our email, which is stargazing at gmail.com. You can also contact us via our website, which is stargazing.space. I'm Kathy. And I'm Mary. And you have been listening to Stargazing. The end. You want to say the end? The end. I was waiting for you to say it. I'm like, all right. Synthesize. Synthesize my voice. Synthesize. Synthesize. Yes.